So we're not watching a race, and then we're not watching a ball game. We're watching the greatness of our God. Yes. Amen. Amen. Let's start reading this morning in verse number one. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. And in my Bible, it's got a footnote that says for that noisome pestilence, it says that raging epidemic. Yes, Let me read that verse to us again. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowl and from the raging epidemic. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me. Now take these as the words of Jesus and he's standing right there and he's talking to you face to face right now. Catch these words. Reach out in faith and get them with your spirit. Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. This is Jesus talking to you. I will send him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, if you read it like a novel, you won't get much out of it. But if you read it like God talking to me and give place to it with your heart, there's much that you can get out of it. In fact, 
you can get things out of that will transform and change your very life and your, your very mind. You can come in here thinking one way this morning and you can leave thinking another way. You can leave or you can come in beat down and you can walk out victorious. Amen. You can come in sick and you can walk out healed. Amen. You can come in discouraged and walk out victorious. Yes. Because the power is in the word of God. Yes. Because you cannot separate his word from his power. And you can't separate in his word and his person from who he is. Just like what I say, you can't separate it from me. You heard old people would say this. A man ain't no better than his word. If a man gives you his word, it should be his bond. Well, it was like the fellas that was, um, they all pulled together when it was buying lottery tickets. And they invested their money and when they won anything, they won it together and when they lost it, they lost it together. But one day, the man went with all of their old money and he bought the ticket. But he said he decided to buy him another ticket. And he won big. And he kept all of the money, whether he was telling the truth or a lie. Because many times, everything is fine when everything is equal with everybody. But when one gets something that the other one doesn't get, that's when you see covetousness rise its ugly head. That's when you see jealousy raise its ugly head. And brothers and sisters, we're around a whole lot more of this stuff than what we think that we are. But God is a game changer. Right. See, a man of his word, a man of integrity, would have said, I won this. Oh, it ain't but a million dollars. But if there's five of us, we'll break this thing up into five parts. You know you can do that because we all been taught math. And if you can't do it, you can find somebody that will help you to divide. But greed will cause you to be selfish. See, it's not a big deal when we don't have anything. It's a big deal when we have something. Jerry Tower made this statement. He said, there is no test on a man like prosperity. Because right. it's easy to trust in God when you have nothing else to trust in. Mm -hmm. It's easy to trust in yourself and riches or doing better when you have more. No matter what the station is, there needs to be a dependence in God. Amen. God needs to be first and foremost. And if he's not first and foremost in the little things, you can count. He is not first and foremost in the big things. So purpose in your heart. I'm going to put God in, his, in the right place in my life. And I'm going to keep him in the right place in my life. That that way, no matter what goes or comes, you've got something that can anchor your soul. Something that can stabilize you and keep you strong. Pray with me this morning.
Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we would know what's the hope of your calling and what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. According to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. And I ask that you would grant us, according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine utterance this morning, that you would help me to lift up Jesus in this house today. In Jesus' name I ask it. Thank you. Amen. The power of the spoken word or the power of a word spoken. Now I want you to see just how powerful that word is just from a natural standpoint. But I want you to see something else too. That you're just not a natural individual or a natural person. See a person who is a believer operates in two different kingdoms at the same time. Did you know that you as a believer have a dual citizenship? You are a citizen of the United States of America, but you are also a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God resides on the inside of you. You can go into McDonald's or some other fast food restaurant and purchase a hamburger. Everybody can do that, has the ability to be able to do that. There's a freedom to be able to do that. But everybody that goes into McDonald's and purchases a hamburger cannot go into the Holy of Holies. And we as children of God have that dual citizenship. We have the privilege to be able to go in McDonald's if we want to, but we also have the privilege of going into the presence of God Almighty. In fact, he tells us to come, and he wants us to come with an attitude, and the attitude is of humbleness, but it's an attitude of boldness because it's not an arrogance. It's we know who we are in Christ Jesus. And he has given us access into the presence of the Holy Father. And I can tell you this. Anytime you come into the presence of God Almighty, something changes. It is impossible for you to stay the exact same way that you were when you came in. Because just being in his presence will rub off on you. I give you a picture of the Old Testament. Moses has been up on Mount Sinai in the presence of God. When he came down, just from being in the presence of God, there was a glory that was on him. 
the people were scared because they saw him illuminated. Being in the presence of God caused this aura to be about him that he, that he glowed. Just being in that atmosphere, being in that presence. I like the way one preacher said it. When he came in, he went in the tent with his wife and they were getting ready to go to bed and she said, uh, turn the light off. She said, he said, the light is off. She said, well, cover up your head. <laughs> There's something about the glory of God. There's something about being in the presence of God. Don't let your identification be just on what you're dealing with or going through. Let your identification, let God have the ability, let him have the place to speak something into your life that can bring you up from that place of where you're at, where you feel defeated, where you feel pressed down. No matter what you're going through, if you'll look unto Jesus, he can change the perspective. He can give you a hope where there is no hope. He's able to change things. Yes. But one of the first things that I'm seeing, and I've heard, heard this preaching, he said, if God's going to change your situation, catch this. If God's going to change your situation, the first thing that he's going to have to change is your mouth. Amen. Because it's impossible for you to keep talking the same way that you've always talked and expect it to change your situation. Because we're speaking things and we're prophesying things about ourselves, And we stay in a state of defeat because we've got to allow the words of God to do this. They've got to get in our eyes, in our ears, in our mouth, get in our heart. When they get in the heart, you've heard this passage of scripture, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I heard this minister sharing this, and he was talking, he was a pilot, and he said there was a certain model of planes that was notorious. You could look at the fuel gauge, and it would tell you that it was full, and it wasn't full. And sometimes we as Christians are like that. We say, well, how is your, how's your joy gauge? And we say, I'm full. But he said you could always check to see. There was an acid test that you could take to find out if that plane was full or not. And he would put the nozzle in and keep pumping gas in it and pumping gas in it and forget about what the gauge said. When the gas came out of the mouth or the neck of that field tube on that plane, you knew it was full. And when you find the positive things of God coming out of your mouth, there's something that's gotten in your heart. Mm -hmm. And you can check it. Amen. And you can be honest with yourself. Because if it's not coming out and you're talking just negative, beat down what I'm going through, it's not settled that it's not got down in my heart yet. It may be on the way. My encouragement to us would be keep putting it there. Keep putting it there because 
you can take a cork and put it down under the water, but it's time that cork's coming back up. That's right. I worked with a fellow one time, and he said that this fellow was from Virginia, and he said, that's one thing about you Carolina boys. He said, you may get down. He said, but you'll pop back up like a cork. See that about yourself. God wants you to pop up. He wants you to rise up above your situation. Now I want to talk to us just a little bit about the power of a spoken word this morning. And I want to talk to you just a little bit about the power of the media. How many people do you know that's got the coronavirus? You know one. I've never seen one. I'm not denying that they don't exist. But I can tell you what will cure the coronavirus. Toilet paper. The power of a spoken word. The power of a... Can you see how manipulated that we are in this country? Mm -hmm. Schools have shut down. Universities have shut down. I'm not denying that there's, that there's not a disease and it should be treated that way. But we do not have to be a people that's just motivated by a spirit of fear. Because what can happen is that thing just follow us around waiting for an opportunity to fasten itself on us. Mm -hmm. But like I say, if you want the remedy for it, just find you some toilet paper. <laughs> we went in Walmart yesterday. <clears throat> we went up there to pick up some water. You look down an aisle that was as long and everybody was from the front of this church to the back. And they didn't have but a few bottles of water. Now there's nothing that's really changed around us. But it seemed like everything has changed because they said it had to change. Mm -hmm. Is that the truth? Mm -hmm. And this is over something like toilet paper. And I thought to myself, Man, I get the manufacturers are going to be happy about this. I bet you they got shifts running around the clock. They're trying to ship out every roll of toilet paper that they can. They're going to seize the moment. They're going to they're going to grind up every piece of pulp and they're going to turn it into something for a, to wipe yourself. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not knocking toilet paper. I like it. <laughs> you know. But I'm a little opposed to corn cobs. <laughs> But I told Sandy yesterday, I said, I wonder how it would have been if the, the media would have done this. We have found something that's 50% positive in its effect against this coronavirus. It's a candy bar. I guarantee you, every shelf in every store 
across the United States would have been wiped clean just because of that. You would have seen people with candy bars, hoarding candy bars that have been coming out of their purses, their pockets, their lunch boxes, everything that they could have, they would have a candy bar stuck in it. Mm -hmm. Why? The diseases feed on the sugar. But they would have ate it anyway. A lot of us would. Because if we're not careful, we get sucked right into that very same thing. But God has sent me to you today. Because he wants to encourage something in your heart. There's only one to fear. And that's God. In fact, he says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. There needs to be the utmost respect for him and his power and allow him to do what only he can do. Now, I want you to see what's Jesus got to do with this passage of scripture that I read to us this morning. Psalms 91, the prayer of protection. Psalms 91, the soldier's prayer. I heard the story about this fellow that was um, given a command in one of the wars. And he's very troubled on the inside because the command that he had been given, their job responsibility, <clears throat> was to go out. But a lot, there had been so many casualties and losses of life in this particular division that he had been given command over that he was a little bit hesitant about taking it. But he asked a minister about it and the minister talked to him about it and he told him about Psalms 91. And he caught a hold of it on the inside. And not only did he get a hold of it, he said before they would go out to do their job and their responsibility, he said they would quote the 91st Psalm over their lives. When their tour of duty was over, the man called this minister at the wee hours of the morning. Time changes. But you know, excitement is excitement. And he called him up and told him who he was. I said, I just want you to know something. He said, during my whole tour, he said, we never lost a man. Hallelujah. High casualty Thank rate before. But now something had changed Thank you, Father. because they had started implementing the word, the word of God in their Hallelujah. life and it had produced the change. Do you think yes. if it did it for a military unit that it could do it for you? Amen. Amen. I believe it can. Yes. And he said that they had got so proficient at it that they could, he could just call out verse number eight and they would say verse number eight. It was so ingrained into them. Praise God. It funny. was just like I heard somebody say that when they were learning the, the multiplication tables, he said it would set people on one side of the wall in the school and people on the other wall, and they would start calling out two times two, four, three times three, nine. 
He said, we did that until we knew the multiplication tables by heart. You ever heard that? Mm -hmm. I, know, I know it by heart. I don't have to read it. I know it by heart. These men had got so proficient at the word of God that they had ingrained it down in them that they knew it by heart. Well, let me go find that. Oh, I, we take us five minutes to find it. If it does, we don't know it by heart. Don't never be discouraged by that if it takes you five minutes to find it. Just find it. Amen. And then get it in your heart. Yes. Because when you get it in your heart, it'll change your life. Amen. And the five minutes took, that it took will be worth it. Amen? Don't let the enemy use it as an event to identify you and says, you don't know nothing about that stuff. And he will. You need so-and-so to tell you this. No, you don't need so-and-so to tell you this. You need the Holy Ghost to tell you this. You need the Word of God to tell you this. And you need the Word of God to reinforce this inside of you. And believe what he says. He's the great teacher. Amen. Now, I want to go over just a few of these verses this morning to just, just instill because there's something that happens. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It don't come by you being scared or me being scared. It comes by hearing what God has to say. And when God has something to say about something, it should be with us that when he says it, let it settle it. That he says something and it and just calms down. You know, every time that, that God would appear to people and angels would appear to people, one of the first things that, that he would say to them is, fear not. That's right. He would speak words that just settled you down. Because if you're not settled down on the inside, you're not going to hear what he's got to say. If you're a worked up emotional mess, you can forget about it. He can be talking and he's always talking. But the thing that we want to focus on is that we want to hear. That's why Jesus said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear what I'm saying to him. Because if you'll catch what I'm saying, it'll, it'll speak a word of peace down on the inside of you. And he can say to you, and no matter how big a storm, it's going to be okay. I'm right here with you. I've got this. In fact, just lay your head back against me and just relax. Let it out, son. Everything's going to be all right. And let this Psalms 91 passage of Scripture bring a word of encouragement and a word of hope and a settling word. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know what we're going to do? We're going to believe God. Yes. We're going to believe God. 
What else are we going to do? We're going to trust God. We're going to walk with God. And we're going to maneuver ourselves from outside of his presence to inside of his presence. Because there's a, here's where the promises are. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What's Jesus? Where's Jesus at in all of, all of this? Let me tell you where Jesus is. You cannot get in the presence of God without coming through Jesus. You have no access. I have no access. Jesus gives me access. He grants me right to come into the to his father and to the, the king of kings to be right in his presence. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. And I was thinking about, or I am thinking about, when we grew up around the house at the home place, there were all of these great, big, huge pecan trees, and they got bigger now than they were then. And we would take for different work that had to be done. A lot of times, if we were working on a piece of equipment, we would back it underneath of that tree because it could be 100 degrees outside from under that tree in the sunshine, but under the tree, there was a coolness that was there. It seemed like the wind was always blowing some. And it was always a peaceful time. And a lot of times, we never had any air conditioning growing up. Never really needed any. It's always seemed to be cool because there's always a place under that tree. And there's always, brothers and sisters, a place in God. And under His shadow where beautiful things take place. I, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Now, we are fortunate to live in the area that we live in, in certain aspects. There's a lot of refuges that are surrounding us in different areas. And on these refuges, there's federal laws that are set up. That there are certain things you can do and there are certain things that you cannot do. And that's for the protection of the wildlife and animals that reside inside of the parameters of that refuge. And the law says you better not touch that animal. Certain things you can do outside of its boundaries but there are certain things you can't do inside of the boundaries. Now, this morning, I want you to see yourself like this. Move yourself inside of the boundaries that God has set up. And let him take and draw a circle around you. And see yourself in that circle. And see that circle made out of the blood of Jesus. Got a story for you. These missionary ministers lived in this in this land, and the witch doctor said, "I'm going to put a curse on you." 
and I'm going to send foxes that have rabies to your house and those rabid foxes are going to bite you and kill you. These missionary ministers took serious what he said, but they took ser more serious what the word of God said. And they said, I plead the blood of Jesus all the way around this property. I thank you, Lord, that nothing can cross over that blood. And they had faith in the blood of Jesus. They didn't have just faith in words. They had faith in words about the blood of Jesus. They were walking their property one day. And when they came up to the edge of the property, they saw in different places dead foxes. Sure enough, the witch doctor had put a curse on them sending the red the foxes with the rabies to come in and bite them. And the foxes tried to get in, but the power of God met them at the door. See yourself. Envision yourself that way that the power of God and the blood of Jesus can have an effect on my life. Is it, is it just for missionaries that are somewhere else? Absolutely not. It's for whosoever will that believeth what God says. There's power in the blood. There's power in the name of Jesus. Yes. And we need to use that name and we need to use that name rightly. Yes. Because things have to bow yes, they do. at the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the raging epidemic. Now, take that one for yourself. Write it over your head. In fact, take your finger, put, put it over your head like this here. Point down at yourself. Surely, say it with me, surely... You will deliver me, you will deliver me. From, from this raging epidemic. From this raging epidemic. You're, for me, Jesus. You're for me, Jesus. You're not against me. You're not against me. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your name. And I proclaim it over me. And I proclaim it over my family right now in Jesus' name. Now, take the other hand while you got this one up. Do this. Put some body in it. Come on with me. Come on with me. What am I doing? I'm mixing faith with it. I'm stirring it up. Regina, don't you want some? You want to be a participator or a spectator? If you get it, you'll have to deal with it. you had to stay home by yourself. Mix some faith with it and believe God. Hallelujah. If it can't change your mouth, it's not going to change your circumstance. Let's give faith and place to God. That wasn't picking on Regina. No, I don't want us to miss 
I don't want us to miss out on the things that God has made available to us. We all need them. We all need them. You might not feel that they're significant at one stage of your life, but what you're building in, your, in yourself right now may be the very thing that you need at a different time in your life. That's right. Or you may need it to help somebody else to get over where they're at. Yeah. Amen? Yes, right. We don't live to ourselves and we don't die to ourselves. That's right. Amen? Amen. He shall cover thee with his feathers. Hallelujah. And under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be a shield and a buckler. Now, I heard somebody sharing on this one time and it's talking about these here feathers. And a lot of times you can see feathers that are on certain um, <clears throat> species of, of uh, this is talking about chickens, but on, on geese and on eagles, different fowl like that. They've got some long feathers that go down like this on turkeys and stuff. Now I want you to picture something. This is what he, what he was bringing out. This, the way that these here feathers were stationed around this, on this animal, they said when they got up a close look around God, when they were given the, the ability to see into the spirit realm, these here feathers that it looked like were really, when they turned, they were angels. And they were angels that were surrounding that person. Now, if the angels of God, and this is scriptural, the angels of God are encamped around those that love him. When you need him, he's encamped around you. <clears throat> Who's coming through that fortified fortress of angels? Nobody. Is Satan coming through? Absolutely not. In fact, he's going the other way. You need to see yourself in that place. Allow your heart to get a hold of the words of God. Because if you'll allow your heart to get a hold of the words of God, He'll speak some things inside of you. Where there might be turmoil or unrest, he'll say, just like he spoke to the water, peace be still. Peace be still. I want this thing settled. I want to settle you. I want to settle you. I don't want any rough waters in you. I want that, I want that inside of you to be calm. I want you to listen to what I have to say. Because it's so important. Because if he's going to navigate us out of something, he's got to be able to communicate with us. And you know how it is. You can be in a conversation with another person and get all worked up. Anybody ever been there? You're so worked up. All you're thinking about is the next thing that's going to be coming out of your mouth. I want them to know what I got to say about this. And God wants to say, I want you to settle down because I want to navigate you out of this thing. And it's important for you to listen to my voice. Because if you don't listen to my voice, you won't know what step or direction to take. And you'll sit there and say, well, God, 
I thought you were going to deliver me from this. And he says, I was doing my best to deliver you, but I could not get you to settle down to listen. So that's something that we have to purpose in our hearts. I'm going to listen to what he has to say because I know he's going to navigate me out of this. I heard a fellow say this one time, and he said that the, the Spirit of God had spoken to him, and he said, if you will learn to listen to my voice and follow my leading, he said, I'll lead you through the fire, and you won't even smell like smoke. Let your heart catch a hold of that. I'll lead you through the fire, and you won't even smell like smoke. Anybody ever burn any trash, cooked any meat, done anything with smoke? You start sniffing yourself. Something smells like smoke. I wonder what it is. Oh, it's you. It's you. But God said that he would lead you through the fire and you wouldn't even smell like smoke. Mm. Does it pay to listen to his voice? Yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Next verse I want us to look at is this one. A thousand shall fall at thy side. Ten thousand at your right hand but it will not come nigh thee. So many times we're getting and we're, and we're dictating what's going to take place around uh, with us by what's taking place around us. But he's saying this to us. Thousand on this side. Ten thousand on this side. And if we're not wise, we'll say, I reckon I'm next. You know what that was? Foolish words. Because what we just did right then was we opened ourselves up to the enemy. Are words important? You need more than toilet paper. You need more than a candy bar. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue of the wise. It has the ability to open doors and it has the ability to close doors. So, let's rehearse something. I want you to think about this. I want this to settle down in your heart. A thousand on this side have fallen. Ten thousand on this side have fallen. But I need God's words in my mouth, not my circumstances and not what's just happened around me. What did God say in his word? What did God say about my situation? And don't say anything else but what God said. Amen. Because what God said is what will maneuver you out. Life. It's going to be what dictates that next step. That's right. It's going to be what opens and closes is what just came out of my mouth. That's right. And... He tells us exactly what to say. It's an open book test. That's right. That we can take the word of God and speak it and speak life into our situation. Yes. A thousand at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. Oh, I got ready to say that. Shut my mouth. But it shall not come by me. That's right. 
Who said that? The Word of God said that. Who else said that? I did. I did. Have we got enough faith in the Word of God to speak the Word of God over Amen. our situation? Amen. To incorporate change in our life? Yes. Or will we be just like the <coughs> thousand and the ten thousand? Or will we be like the majority? If we're like the majority, we'll get what the majority gets. But if we're like Jesus, we'll get what Jesus gives. Amen? You believe he's for you? Thousand at one side, ten thousand at the right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. I'm scared to say that. We might say. We should not be scared to say what God says. Even so much in church, church is fear-based. And church shouldn't be fear-based. It should be faith and love-based. That we're so anchored in the Word of God that I, I refuse to let anything else come out of my mouth. And I guarantee you, if you set a watch over your mouth, and you've seen these things out on the road, they've got these here rubber lines that'll go across a highway, and they've got a device that's mounted, and it'll count, it'll count every car that goes across that thing. Every time it bump, 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 that's, that's how it's happening. It's recording what's taking place of the traffic that's going across that. If we were to set one of them up on our mouth, I wonder how many bumps of doubt and defeat would be registering on that thing and how many things of faith and love would be registering on that thing. I challenge you, start paying attention to what comes out of your mouth. Because what comes out of our mouth is what we're going to be experiencing. I, I, I can't leave this verse of scripture yet. We ain't done there. We're not done there. A thousand on one side, ten thousand at thy right hand. This is exactly what it looks like. But he said, it shall not come nigh thee. Do we believe it? Or do we not believe it? Do we aspire to believe it? Or do we believe it? How much faith does it take? Jesus said, if you had the faith as the size of a grain of mustard seed, you would say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And not doubt in your heart that you would have what you say. So the power of the spoken word is a powerful force. If you don't believe it, where's the toilet paper? If you don't believe it, where is the toilet paper? What in the world would we do if we had diarrhea? All the toilet paper's gone. Because people in this country are so fear-motivated that they didn't even need toilet paper and went and got it anyway. 
And now there's a lack for somebody who needs. There's a deficit because somebody was just motivated by fear and selfishness. Now, am I saying don't get you no toilet paper? Absolutely not. You get yourself. If you don't need it right now, you will. All you're going to do is live long enough. Brothers and sisters, I'm here today to tell you God is our refuge. Yes, He is. It ain't some vaccine in some laboratory somewhere. God is our vaccine. The blood of Jesus has the antibodies in it to kill the disease, to break every chain, to set every captive free. Now, today, we're going to do something. We're going to partake of communion together because there's power in communion. Because what it does, it helps us to bring our focus back on Jesus. Because the focus of this world has been for quite a while about this virus. You know what? They've been viruses for a long time. And there's been bad viruses for a long time. But there's no virus that can attach itself to the blood of Jesus. Let me paint another picture before we do it. John G. Lake was a missionary to Africa. Yes. While he was over there, the bubonic plague broke out. In the bubonic plague, there would be a, a foamy froth that would be in the dead people's mouth that would come out. <clears throat> there was a, um, a ship, a medical ship that had came to the continent. And they asked him, because he was one of the only ones that was there taking, taking care of the people, burying the dead. Because everybody was dying like flies. And they said, what are you doing to take care of yourself so that you don't catch this disease? He said this. He said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now for the medical field and for a lot of church folk that went right on over the head. Mm -hmm. He said he was uh, very studious like a doctor himself. He said, come and let me show you what I'm talking about. They went to one of those people that had a bubonic plague that had just recently died and they took something and they put some of that froth on the slide and put it under a microscope. When they put it under the microscope, they saw all of that <clears throat> bacteria and germs just working like this. He said, now, take some of that same stuff and put it in my hand. He said, I would never put it in my hand. He said, put it in my hand. Stick it up, they stuck it under the microscope. And to their amazement, those germs that were working like this died. He said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. He had gotten the revelation of that passage of scripture 
and he lived by it. Brothers and sisters, we need the revelation of the Spirit of God also in the Word of God. And be bold enough to say it about our situation so that we can incorporate change. Was he a special case? No. He's, Absolutely he, not. He was a faith case. He was just a man who believed God. And you're a woman and you're a man who believes God. Let's exercise faith in this great name and in this body of our Savior and in the blood of our Savior. There were a lot of people in Jesus' day that got offended with him because he said these words. He said, except you take my, my body and eat it and my blood and drink it, he said, you have no part of me. And there were a lot of people that were following him that packed up and went the other way. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't really know what he was saying. He wants us to partake of him. Not only to believe in him, but partake of him. I'd ask the two brethren that I had asked earlier if you'll come here. <laughs>
want to use this opportunity this morning, maybe just a little bit different than you've taken communion before. Because I want you to take this and I want you to be honest with yourself. And I want your heart to be able to identify with this. Because there were things that Jesus did for us that if we don't partake of it, we're just open ground for the enemy. Just to have a heyday in our life. His body was broken so that we could be healed. His blood was shed to take care of the sin problem. But if it's deliverance that you need today, Jesus is here to deliver you. If it's clarity of mind that you need today, Jesus is here to take care of the confusion. If it's healing that you need today, Jesus is here to heal you. If it's salvation that you need today, it's Jesus that's your salvation. Let it be an act of faith. I am going to partake of Jesus today. And when you partake of Jesus today, I want you to expect something. I want you to expect Jesus to do what he said he would do. That you're literally taking him as medicine yes. today. Amen. That you, when you ingest these things into your body, you're ingesting the very life of God yes. Yes. into yes. you. That every chain is going to break. break. Yes. Every yoke is going to be destroyed. And believe God to that magnitude. Thank you, Jesus. You love me and you care that much for me that you don't want me just to be like I am. No, he doesn't want us like we are. He wants us like he is. Yes. Brothers and sisters, there's things that we've all walked in. There's things that we're walking in now that Jesus once broke off of our lives. Mm -hmm. Will you take it today? I've got to take it today. So, Jesus' body, which is represented in the bread, he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Take it. This is the New Testament in my blood. I've taken care of the sin problem. Will you let sin reign in your mortal body or will you take the remedy for it and believe God? I don't care what you're dealing with. Forgiveness, unforgiveness. It doesn't matter what it is. Believe God that as you take and ingest this blood of Jesus into your life, into your heart, into your body. This is another one of those days that's changed the rest of my life. Yes. 
I'll never be the same again because of the power of God. Receive it. Jesus, I thank you for making a way where there was no way. I thank you for everything you've done that I'm believing you for today. And by faith, I say, and I humble myself and say, I receive. I'm not going to walk that way I walked anymore, but I'm going to walk in your steps because you are my master. You are my Lord, and I'm your disciple. And I follow you. I follow you in the health and wholeness. And you said in your word, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I thank you, Lord, you're for me, not against me. You want me to rise to a higher place than you. You want me to be a carrier of the glory of God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done in my heart and in my life today. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.